Don't say die, we won't give in We're number one We'll hold the line We won't step back We'll just attack time after time We're lightning fast We'll drive like rain We won't be beat We won't retreat Ice in our veins We are the storm from Melbourne Town will blow the others off the ground We are the storm And we're number one As the club song says, we are the Storm and we are number one. Welcome to the Stormcast, the official Melbourne Storm podcast, the one and only Melbourne Storm podcast. Stormcast is your one-stop shop for discussing all things Melbourne Storm. I'm your host, Gobbs, and thank you for joining me. I'll be bringing the latest news, views and Storm content over the 2023 season. I will preview, review, dissect and break down games and also will be joined by some special guests throughout the NRL season, including rival supporters, diehard tragics like myself, who I will invite onto the podcast to discuss and debate the upcoming clash with the Storm. And there might even be a few current Storm players and officials joining the Stormcast as the season progresses. So strap yourselves in and enjoy the ride. Pre-season. So, we're uh, less than three weeks away, well, less than a fortnight away now from um, the uh, the NRL season proper kicking off, and um, it, it's been a, a relatively busy pre-season. Obviously, we had the World Cup, um, which went straight into October and November, uh, and a lot of the World Cup players uh, didn't return until uh, January for training. Um, in terms of... Recruitment, retention, uh, players, gains, losses, etc. I suppose the the major ones were Tariq Sims, uh, St. George Illawarra Dragons, um, middle edge forward, joining the club. Um, Coming for an opportunity, not big money, but really wants to win a competition. He believes that his best football can be played uh, at the Melbourne Storm. So he's, he's, he's coming with the right intentions, which is fantastic. I think... One thing with Tarek Sims is that we're 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 tending to forget that um, how good he was as a player. I mean, we only have to look back to game one in twenty twenty two for State of Origin. He was the left edge uh, second rower for the New South Wales Blues, so he's still a high quality caliber um, footballer, and I think with the the loss of um, the Bromwich brothers, uh, both Jesse and Kenny, uh, Felice Kafusi, Brandon Smith, uh, and even to an extent uh, losing Dale Finucane as well, um, whilst it was uh, over a season ago now, Tarek Sims will bring that element of experience, um, which will be a godsend for um, for the younger forwards that are, that are coming through. Um, other major signings were Elisa Katoa, or Ellie Katoa, as, uh, as he's... Uh, affectionately known from the New Zealand Warriors. Katoa had a breakout season uh, in 2020, uh, was solid in 2021 for, for New Zealand, uh, but unfortunately didn't really sort of kick on in 2022 for whatever reason. Played a lot off the bench, not a lot of minutes. Um, it wasn't being utilised correctly, uh, in my personal opinion, by the Warriors. He's He's got a real opportunity now to 
to shore up an edge spot, be it on the left or the right. Primarily, I think he'll play on the right. That's just the feeling I get. Um, so he'll sort of slip straight in where Felice Cafusi uh, used to play. Um, and I think that the benefit of, of Katoa being still a very, very young uh, edge back rower, um, the, the, the sky's the limit, especially in a system like the Storm. Um, pilot him on an edge where you've got Jerome Hughes calling the shots, uh, a defensively sound centre in Remus Smith, uh, and an exciting finisher like Xavier Coates. You put Katara in that mix, that's that's a pretty handy edge. So I'm expecting big things from Elisa Katoa uh, in 2023 for the Storm. Uh, Joey Chan. Um, yes, the surname does sound familiar because it is the son of Alex Chan, former Melbourne Storm forward uh, and uh, rugby league journeyman. Uh, Joey Chan has been signed from Le Catalan Dragon uh, in the English Super League. He's come over here for an opportunity um, to test himself in the greatest rugby league competition on earth. And uh, on the advice of his father, he said that there's only one place to go if he really wanted to make make it, and uh, he's landed in Melbourne. So still a young man. He's only going on 22, I think. So there's plenty of upside and potential in him as well. For anyone that's, that has, uh, hasn't seen him, I, I urge you to jump on YouTube, type in Joe Chan on YouTube, and just have a look at his highlights package thus far. Um, he looks like a real prospect, and I expect him to debut at some stage uh, in 2023. It might not be straight away uh, for round one or early on in the season, but I dare say that he will be called upon at some point. And uh, the prodigal son returns, Aaron Penne. Um, I think like all Storm fans, I was probably a little bit um, disappointed when he did leave for the New Zealand Warriors, um, debuting for the club uh, in round 25 of, of 2020 uh, and, and, and really was starting to string some consistency together. Uh, in, uh, in in season 2021 when the Storm uh, claimed the minor premiership only for him to take up a two-year opportunity with um, with the New Zealand Warriors. But for whatever reason, um, that two-year deal didn't uh, come to fruition and um, he only had the one season with the Warriors. And um, he's come, come back home to Melbourne, uh, which I think is a fantastic, um, fantastic move not only for the Storm, but for, for Aaron personally. Um, he's a big body, uh, experienced player now. Being in a different club will also help uh, in terms of him seeing and being able to bring some experience back from from a different system. Um, and again, ha- having the, the loss of uh, the Bromwich brothers, Brandon Smith and, and Felice Cafusi, we talk about Tarek Sims bringing much-needed experience to a very young forward pack. Aaron Panay will come back as a as a more rounded, well uh, player. He knows that he knows the place well. He knows the system. He's familiar with with uh, with the system. Um, and I expect him. I personally expect him to be a part of the starting seventeen. I think uh, he'll be a real foil uh, for Nelson Osafa Solomona, Christian Welsh, and Tui Kamikamita uh, as a four middle rotation, you're throwing Josh King, it's not a bad middle forward rotation there, and I expect Tarek Sims uh, to also play more of a middle edge 
middle forward as opposed to an edge, I should say. Uh, the re-signings, uh, we've, um, we've had quite a couple. Um, Jonah Pezzett, uh, the, the young New South Wales under-20s or under-19s halfback, uh, re-signed uh, just before Christmas until the end of 2025. Um, I know that a lot of clubs were circling. Um, they thought that potentially they could lure him away because he's stuck behind Jerome Hughes and Cameron Munster, but um, he's obviously willing to be patient and continue to, to hone his craft uh, at a good club uh, under good coaching and in a good system as well. So plenty of upside there. I think Jonah will probably debut at some point, um, most likely during the the State of Origin series, um, when potentially uh, the Storm lose Cameron Munster to uh, to Origin uh, period uh, and duty. So I'm expecting potentially May, June, July, we may see Jonah Pezzett, uh and depending on the health and fitness of uh, of our primary halves in Jerome Hughes and, and Cameron Munster throughout uh, 2023. Nick Meaney agreed to terms, and it's finally been uh, officially amount, uh, announced that he's extended for a further 12 months beyond 2023. So he'll be contracted until 2024, and all indications point to the fact that he will probably start uh, season 2023 at fullback with Ryan Pappenhausen still returning uh, from that uh, from that gruesome uh, knee injury that he sustained last year against the Raiders, where uh, he had a fractured patella uh, in ten different places, um, but more on that later. Um, Marian Seve, who I think had a breakout season in twenty twenty two, really sort of had to step up and, and, and fill the void of of Remus Smith on that right edge, and he was sensational. He was probably one of the shining lights. Um, in a in an injury ravaged season and inconsistent season for Melbourne Storm last year, so he's he's put pen to paper until the end of twenty twenty four. So we've got him on deck for another two years as well. Uh, Tyron Wishart um, has extended until the end of twenty twenty five as well. I expect uh, young Tyron um, will step up and fill the void of Brandon Smith. Uh, Wishart has great leg speed. That's that's one good thing. That um, even when I've, I've I saw a little bit of him um, when he was coming through the St George Illawarra Dragon system, and the first thing that that's that really stood out to me was the leg speed. Um, how quick he can get out of dummy half, and and he is just a natural ball runner. So I I think that um, he'll be he'll have the number fourteen. Uh, jersey sewn up as long as he's uh, fit and healthy. Um, and again, he has that capacity to play not only in nine, but he can cover multiple multiple positions. Um, uh, he, he played uh, in the halves as a as a junior coming through the Illawarra Steelers um, system in, in the St George Illawarra Juniors. And um, again, he's proven that he's quite a, a handy hooker. Um, and was even thrown on the wing last year and, and, and a fullback at, uh, at certain points as well. So he's a bit of a Swiss Army knife. He, he can fit in and, and do a job if and when needed. Um, and the kid's tough, and I know that's that's a quality that, that Craig Bellamy loves in his players. He will always take a tough player over a talented player because uh, he knows what, you can, what you're going to get. So 
Uh, I think I think we're we're going to see a really really big season from Tyra and Wishart, um, who will more than likely fill the void of of uh, the departing Brandon Brandon Smith. Uh, Alec Mac, Alec McDonald also has extended until the end of twenty twenty five. I'm a big rap. I've got a big rap on um, on, on Alec McDonald. Um, Storm fans would have first seen him last last year in the trial matches. Um, against the Warriors, uh, and then again against Newcastle. And again, we talk about leg speed. For a middle forward, this guy can motor uh, over a 10, 20-minute period. So, um, And I tell you what, he's, he's got one hell of a rig on him as well. Um, I know I know a lot of the boys are, are taking uh, the P-I-S-S out of him uh, in regards to that, uh, that infamous chin of his. Uh, it is quite... Quite a beacon, um, but um, yeah, he's he seems to like every bit of player. I think another another preseason under his belt, and I think the other thing too, he he was only nineteen, turning twenty last year. So middle forwards don't really sort of come to their own, come into their own and mature until they're about twenty five, twenty six. But uh, the sooner they're exposed to a to a to a top echelon environment, when you're surrounded by like minded professionals. Uh, it can almost fast track your development, and when you've got players like Christian Welsh, Nelson Osof Solomona, Tui Kamikamitha, uh, Tarek Sims, Tar- uh, McDonald is one of those players that I think Tarek Sims will will um, will he will uh, McDonald will benefit through the experience of Tarek Sims coming to the club. Um, so yeah, ex- expecting really really big big things from Alec McDonald as well, and he, he could be a bolter and a smoky to start and force his way. Uh, onto uh, the uh, the interchange bench for round one. Who knows? Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see who's available, who's fit, and who trials well. Um, he obviously pushed last year for for a top thirty contract, and he made his debut in in round one against uh, against West Tigers last year. So. We'll have to watch that space. And um, this afternoon, news came through that uh, the big buller, the big Fijian international. Tui Kamikamitha has re-signed until the end of 2025 as well, which I think is fantastic because he's been uh, a revelation since he debuted uh, for the Storm um, and he's gone from strength to strength. Um, I know he had a bit of a off-field misdemeanour last year, which was thankfully resolved and um, him coming back really, really sort of helped um, the the injuries that were sustained last year, but um, I'm expecting Tui to to again be a really really good foil uh, for uh, for the starting uh, middle forwards and coming off and really providing some impact. Um, but yeah, no, um, I, I think it's a it's a fantastic thing. But um, yeah, big things for Tui, big things for all those boys that have re-signed, and uh, yeah, let's uh, let's get it. Okay, the World Cup. So, um, primarily from from an Australian perspective, we only had um, we only had two players involved, um, and that was Cameron Munster and, and Harry Grant. Uh, they returned from the UK as World Cup winners, where Australia defeated um, the surprise packets of the tournament, Samoa, uh, thirty to ten. Were they surprise packets? Mm, well, on paper, no. But um, after their first 
poor game of getting flogged by England by 60 points. I think many had put the put the red pen through them. So for them to to recover from that and go all the way to the to the World Cup final was a tremendous achievement. Um, and um, yeah, I think it's tremendous for for international rugby league as well. We need we need a strong international game and. And the more nations that can start competing against the the three heavyweights in Australia, New Zealand, and England, that can only be a great, great thing because it can inspire other nations. We saw it with Tonga in twenty seventeen, um, and then again in twenty nineteen when they when they did the Grand Slam against uh, Great Britain, New Zealand, and eventually Australia. It was a watershed moment for rugby league, and I'm I'm sure that was um, that was what inspired the Samoan uh, players to pledge their allegiance to Samoa. Uh, as a, as opposed to uh, other T1 nations. Um, and I think we're going to start to see a lot more of that happen, which I think, again, can only be a real shot in the arm for the international game. All we need now is to get the international calendar sorted. Um, I believe the uh, the current CBA fiasco is holding that up from being released. So the sooner that gets resolved, the sooner we'll have an international tournament and we'll be able to actually see what the, the international calendar looks like, not only for the end of this season, um, but for the next five to ten years uh, with World Cups, tournaments, tours, etc. So that'll be really, really good to see. Uh, but I digress. Um, yes, yeah, so Cameron Munster, Harry Grant returned from the UK's World Cup winners. Uh, where the Aussies defeated uh, Samoa 30-10. to 10. Uh, You had Jerome Hughes and Big Nasty, Nelson Osofa Solomona. They bowed out as semi-finalists for the New Zealand Kiwis, falling to the eventual uh, winners, Australia, 14-12 uh, to 12 in a classic test match. Uh, Big Tui Kemi Kamita and Justin Olin uh, both represented their nations of birth and heritage in Fiji and Papua New Guinea, respectively. Xavier Coates, too, was a part of the Kumuls squad, but uh, withdrew due to an ongoing hamstring injury. So, um, But he's, he's returned to, uh, to pre-season training and is looking every bit uh, in mint condition, which is, uh, which is a great thing. So obviously he picked up that um, syndesmosis in Origin 1 last year and, and really sort of uh, curtailed his season, uh, impacted his season. Even when he did come back, he, he never looked 100%. So let's hope he can stay injury-free. Let's hope all our players can stay injury-free. Uh, that would be that would be lovely. Um, on some other uh, news, we had um, Craig Bellamy and Frank Panisi um, finally be able to go back uh, overseas on a study tour uh, this time around. Um, they went to Celtic FC and met up with uh, with good friend uh, and former Socceroos um, manager in Ange Postacoglu, uh, who's now coaching over at Celtic FC and doing wonderful things over there. So this is the first time since 2019 that, uh, that the, the Storm head coach and the general manager have been able to embark on a study tour. Uh, previously, they visited the New York Fire Department uh, Golden State Warriors NBA franchise, the New Zealand All Blacks, who they um, who the Storm actually hold a very very strong relationship with. Every time the the Storm go over to uh, New Zealand to play the Warriors, um, they always catch up with the All Blacks uh, as the relationship is very very strong. Um, Bellamy and Panisi have also visited uh, visited the Philadelphia 76ers, uh, the New Orleans. Uh, Pelicans NBA franchise, 
um, as well as the NFL franchise, the New Orleans Saints, the Miami Dolphins, and the all-conquering Miami Heat uh, NBA franchise. Um, they've also uh, visited the Golden State Warriors, I think, when uh, Della Vadova was playing over there as well, and they presented him a jersey. So, yeah, they've, they've been around, and um, a lot of it comes down to fact-finding mission. Uh, they pick up leadership traits. They look at how... Um, the sports science, strength and conditioning, recovery, rehab, um, all the all the essence and all the elements that go into making uh, a sporting organisation, especially from a football department perspective, how they can get an edge over the opposition. Um, they're also uh, visited um, famed universities, uh, namely in the University of Notre Dame and Oklahoma State University. So. They've got a really open mind in terms of not just sport but academia and, as I mentioned, uh, they even went to visit the, the New York Fire Department and, again, it was about seeing how they do business um, and, and what you can pick up from other industries uh, is very, very important. So it's, again, that real sort of holistic open-mindedness that um, if they can pick up one or two things from, from other from other sporting organisations or, or other companies and businesses and industries, um, and it's they can bring that back to the storm to to be better than they were. Um, it just goes to show that um, the pursuit of excellence and the, the the drive and motivation to continue to be better and and improve um, it, it's it's relentless, um, and it's 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 why. The Storm have been the benchmark organisation for such a long period of time and why they continue to have such sustained success uh, despite being eulogised every single year by the experts, media commentators, journalists, etc. So whilst whilst uh, they've continued to, got that, to have that appetite to be, to be better and to improve, um, that sustained success will continue, especially with initiatives like this where they can they can have that sort of open-mindedness to say what can we learn from others as opposed to believing that they've they've got all the answers. So um, that's a really, really um, good thing to have from a football department. And again, it just comes down to the leadership of, of Craig Bellamy uh, and Frank Benisi. Uh, some other uh, leadership news would be um, probably for majority of our Melbourneian and Victorian uh, listeners. Uh, that uh, potentially may be uh, uh, Aussie Rules fans, AFL fans, is that uh, Geelong Cats Premiership captain Joel Selwood signs on as the Melbourne Storm leadership coach. Uh, so Selwood was uh, a multiple Premiership captain uh, and comes in uh, after the club had previously had Nick Maxwell, who many of you will know that Nick Maxwell was the former Collingwood Magpies Premiership captain um, who was the Melbourne Storm's leadership coach from 2015 to 2017. So primarily what the leadership coach does, he works with the leaders and the emerging leaders uh, groups at the Melbourne Storm uh, and mentors them and provides them the the keys and the ingredients and and the knowledge, uh, passes on a bit of wisdom in terms of how they can be better leaders. um, And I think that's... That's a really, really good initiative as well um, to identify future leaders because, as we know, um, not everyone can play forever. Um, and 
it's really, really important that you're starting to have an eye on uh, the future and the eye on tomorrow of who, who can potentially step up into that captaincy uh, and the and the, the other leadership, uh, the main leadership group uh, once players do eventually move on. Uh, we've seen a lot of leadership walk out the door in the past couple of seasons, namely in um, Cameron Smith, uh, Dale Finucane, uh Nico Hines, um, and obviously the, the Bromwich brothers and Kafusi have now moved on as well. So that's quite a lot of not only games experience, but the leadership that they brought to the club. They were the ones that drove the standards, the values, the principles, um, the work ethic, doing the extras. So it's really about imparting that sort of wisdom now onto the younger generation and the other players that, that remain at the club. Uh, Melbourne Storm have some really, really good leaders still as well. I mean, you've got Jerome Hughes... Uh, still there. Nelson Asafa-Solomona is really going to step up this season. In terms of uh, now being the forward leader uh, as well as the enforcer, well, we know he's always been the enforcer, big, big, big Nass, but um, with, yeah, with with uh, Jesse Bromwich moving on, um, Kenny Bromwich moving on, Felice Kafusi moving on, Brandon Smith moving on, he really is now the forward leader. Um, and we've got Christian Welsh there as well, who, again, is, is almost like a new signing because he missed all of last year, so it would be great to have him back. But he he just he uses le- leadership on and off the field. Um, so, yeah, and then obviously Cameron Munster, um, who, as we know, has had a, a roller coaster um, 12 months, turned his life around and... Um, has been rewarded handsomely for it in terms of uh, an Origin Series win, World Cup win, um, Storm Finals appearance again, uh, and probably had his best uh, season to date in 2022. And it all coincided with making better decisions from a lifestyle perspective, namely uh, giving up alcohol um, and having a clear clear and sound mind. And um, it's amazing... It's amazing what that did for his football, and I'm sure it's 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 led to his personal life also being much more harmonious as well. So we know that Cameron Munster is now a father. Um, he has a fiance, a beautiful fiance in Bianca, and um, everything seems to be tracking very well for him, both on the field and off the field. Um, so yeah, but um, from a leadership perspective. I think the Storm are in very good hands, and and obviously with Joel Selwood coming on board as well, that's that's only going to enhance the leadership qualities that that are already there within the within the uh, within the club and within the uh, the wider squad. The I don't quit camp, the IDQ camp, the infamous Melbourne Storm Army camp, which a lot of people say is the hardest. Uh, Army camp across all army camps. I mean, I, I know I know every NRL club does uh, army camps, but not to the extent that uh, that these guys that these guys run it. Um, so the story goes that there are uh, there two two commandos that uh, Craig Bellamy has engaged for almost since day dot since two thousand and two preseason um, to virtually. Um, take every new player uh, that comes to the club uh, or any existing player that hasn't done the camp 
Um, they go for three days, sleep deprivation, um, and really, really test them physically. No sleep, uh, as I said, no, no sleep deprivation, um, minimal food. Um, and they, I, I think there was a, there was a, uh, a, fu- a funny quote that um, when Dale Finucane first did it, he said, I lost three kilos and a bit of my mind, uh, as was the, uh, the mind playing tricks on him, starting to hallucinate, etc. I think Ryan Pappenhausen's, um was also hallucinating at one point too, where he started to talk about when the bus broke down and they had to, to get out and they had, there was a log in the middle of the road and they all had to pick up um, the log, which was like a, like a, a fallen tree. Um, and he was telling Harry Grant about it and Harry Grant's like, mate, that didn't happen. And that just goes to show like, that the level of, of mental uh, anguish that these, these poor buggers go through. But um, yeah, so the, the new players, um, uh, the train and trial guys, I think there was 16 in total that went on, on this, uh, the famous I Don't Quit camp this season. Uh, Tyrone Wishart was awarded with the Iron Bar as the standout on the camp. Uh, I think previously it was, um, um, it'll come to me, um, King. Um, uh, the middle forward king from uh, from Newcastle that joined the club last year. Um, he he won the Iron Bar. Previously, you've had um, Aaron Booth uh, the year before that. And I think if memory serves me correctly, Brandon Smith might have even won one as well. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's really about, they, they say that, Craig Bellamy can learn more about a player within these three days than he can over the period of 12 months. So these two commandos generate a report. They give it to Bellamy. Bellamy also attends and, and watches um, from from afar uh, just to see the the mental toughness and the physical toughness that, that these guys exhibit that potentially that they may not, they may not show. Um during the standard pre-season uh, training and, and, and whatnot. So it's interesting because the players all talk about that the camp provides them with this sort of mental edge that uh, they can take into games. So when the, when the going gets tough and they're defending on, you know, on their goal line and you know, their backsides are hanging out, they can draw from that experience and realise, well, what we're going through now is nothing that what we sustain during those three days. So it's really a, a, a really good uh, showcase of, of, of the mental strength um, that they do gain from that at camp. So, yeah, so um, again, I think Tarek Sims missed out and wasn't able to do it because he's um, he's in... He's inherited a calf issue that uh, he sustained last season at St. George Illawarra. He didn't start last year at the Dragons um, because of the same calf issue. I don't think it's as bad um, as it was last year, but they're they're taking a very cautious approach. Uh, So he potentially won't do it until next season uh, or for the following preseason. 
And of course, as we know, Jerome Doozy Hughes still avoids doing the inf- infamous three-day camp. So the running joke within the squad that uh, something that comes up every preseason, which prohibits Hughesy from taking part in the torturous mental physical tests. Um, you know, he's he's got a sore back or uh, World Cup duty pro- uh, prohibited him from doing it this time. So he got lucky there, but. Um, he surely has to do one before he hangs up the boots or his contract finishes. Otherwise, it will be outrageously unfair to every other player that's pulled on a Melbourne Storm jersey that's had to endure this infamous camp. So, Husey, just get it done, mate. Get it done. Uh, some other news is uh, the Camp Quality Initiative. So I'm sure that many Storm fans would have been well across uh, the boys' um, organised by Christian Welsh uh, to shave their heads for charity. Uh, they had a, uh, a goal to raise some 15000 They ended up raising over $20,000 uh, for for Camp Quality and, and some really, really sick kids. So, um, yeah, no, uh, kudos to, to Christian Welsh and the players that, uh, that shaved their heads for charity. I think it's such a great thing. I mean, they, these are the stories that don't get spoken about or, or publicised or... Or promoted like they should, um, you know. F- for every for every goofball that that unfortunately brings the game into disrepute or, or, or paints it in a negative light, you know, there, there's stories like this that continually don't get the the airtime uh, and the exposure that they need. Our, our our NRL players do such a tremendous job. Um, they don't go seeking uh, the limelight. Um, they do this off their own bat. And uh, I know Storm have always gone above and beyond um, for organisations like Camp Quality and Starlight Foundation. And um, no, it's 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 a it's a tremendous thing what what Christian Welsh and, and the players that that shave their heads uh, for Camp Quality have done. Um, and again, uh, kudos Welshie, uh, tremendous initiative, and um, well done to everyone involved and and. Raising over twenty thousand dollars for some some really sick kids that that's going to go a long way. Um, and funny for some players, it potentially could be their last haircut. There was a few a few hairlines there that were uh, that were probably uh, probably wishing they didn't get uh, they didn't get the the buzz cut. But um, oh, well, as they say, it's only hair. But um, you can wear a hat. You wear a wig. You wear a toupee. At the end of the day, it was for a great cause. So, um, well done to to the Melbourne Storm boys uh, for that. All right. So, what else have we got? We've got the Geelong camp, the famous Geelong camp. So, as many Storm fans will know, um, every preseason, usually after the Christmas break, um, Melbourne Storm head down to uh, the Geelong Geelong Grammar. Um, the school down there, which uh, has boarding facilities. Um, Geelong government allows the Storm to double their training load uh, to ensure that they're fit and firing come round one. Uh, it's been part of the reason why Storm haven't lost a round one game since 2002. So Bellamy's big on having the squad at their fittest and strongest to start each year and every season. The Geelong camp is crucial for that. Uh, as well as to build culture. So whilst the day are full on, they've got multiple training sessions, conditioning sessions, fitness sessions, 
uh, ball work sessions um, of an evening. They've they've got a real sort of focus on culture, um, which is very very important. So the evenings almost serve as a bit of an educational tool uh, to inform the players about the club's history, past achievements, uh, and greats who dug the well. Um, I think it's very, very important that players understand the history of the club and what's what's come before them and who's come before them and, and because it actually then realises that every time they pull on the purple jersey, uh, you know, it's 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 not just a job, it's just not it's it's just not a club. It's more than that. It's 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 really about the legacy that these players, um, these these past playing groups have left behind. And now they are the current custodians um, of the, of that jersey, of that number, of of that colour, and it's really, really important to actually understand where you've been before you start understanding where you've got to go. And it's history is a wonderful thing because it can actually resonate and cut through um, what what the players, what the current playing group is is playing for, and who who they are representing. Um, yeah, I, th- I think all rugby league clubs do it really, really well, uh, and the, the Stormen are different in that regard. Um, so it's it's really, really good to have that knowledge base again to understand what's come before you, and Geelong Camp provides that opportunity, um, as well as obviously to to fast track and 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 really provide a great deal of load and volume into the players from from a fitness. Uh, and conditioning perspective as well, so they're jumping out of the jumping out of the ground come round one, um, especially more so with a uh, sort of a disrupted uh, preseason, a shorter preseason with uh, due to the the rep- representative period of the World Cup. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what what type of condition the boys are in um, for uh, for the trials, and um, we'll get an indication. Uh, with uh, the first trial this weekend against the Roosters. Uh, I didn't really want to touch on it too much, but um, considering it is quite a prevalent um, issue at the moment, um, there's the CBA, the Collective Bargaining Agreement saga between the NRL and the RLPA. Um, Why is this prevalent and why is it important? Um, Well, at the moment... It's we've got our own Christian Welsh, um, who's a director of the RLPA, and he's been quite vocal um, about the the frustration of the lag uh, and disappointment of um, what's taken place or what hasn't sort of progressed to the point um, of of getting the collective bargaining agreement done. Uh, the players have been sort of painted out to be greedy. I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, the NRL came out and set a salary cap figure without the players and the RLPA's approval uh, just before Christmas. And that ideally was a, a, a shot across the bow from a PR wall perspective, a PR perspective to create this narrative of that it's about money and turn it into a pay war. Uh, when really it's 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 got nothing to do with pay. The players actually didn't want that amount of money for the salary cap. They wanted more about the employment conditions um, 
and uh, I think I've, I've just got a piece here from Christian Welsh. Uh, let's see what Welsh had to say. Yeah, look, I think with this whole CBA, I think what gets lost is it's, it's the non-financial things that we're really working hard for. Um, you know, agreement rights, um, you know, having RLPA, you know, having trust in that organisation to use the money, the players' money, how it wants without having to go to the NRL. So I think there's a, um, you know, the financials one thing, which has, uh, you know, been part of the negotiations, but the, the whole rest of it comes in, you know, just in terms of employment and... Uh, been a real struggle. Uh, I'm not sure how much got to for it cut out, but we've really been waiting to get to the table and, and work with the NRL and, and build uh, you know that relationship. But it's just been a real lack. Um, I, I just don't think they really take it that seriously, which has been really disappointing. Um, you know, and I've, I've kind of see them. You know, the clubs have got a fantastic deal. I think their their deal's gone up. I think almost 200 percent. So and I don't think we're really asking for anything too unreasonable, but it's been a real frustrating, I suppose, 12 months where we've tried to really get to the table uh, and at the same time just get on with our jobs and play footy because at the end of the day, the game's for the fans, uh, you know, and we, lo- we love rugby league, we love playing it and we, we don't want to disrupt it um, and, and I think we've seen that throughout the year, the State of Origin, the final series, the World Cup, um, you know, there hasn't been one instance where players have taken away from the game, uh, you know, or or the fans, you know, when I, I think at times we've, we probably could have when we've, we've felt really, I suppose, a, a lack of respect from the NRL in terms of negotiations, um, you know, like that COVID out performance example, you know, when they came to us and said, oh, here you go, boys, there's 10 million you've outperformed. And then we finally, we sent an auditor in and they, they let us look at the books and there's almost 40 million there that, you know, and they've incorrectly allocated things to revenue streams. So it's been real disappointing and a real grind try and get the NRL to the table. So, yeah, so there you have it. So that's Christian Welsh there speaking to SEN Radio uh, a few weeks back regarding the uh, CBA saga. So, again, as as well she said, it's it's not so much about the pay. It's it's about other other issues about around the employment conditions. Now, anyone who works in this country, they've got employment conditions that are there to support the, the employee employee so as it stands at the moment the the women's game doesn't have a cba at all there's no workplace conditions there's nothing about pregnancy or or maternity leave there's none of that whatsoever at the moment they don't even have a salary cap set they've got no uh employment conditions at all to the fact that women can't actually go and sign a contract at the moment for an nrlw uh franchise uh, they can't even train because there's no insurance. So I mean, th- these are these are issues that that are really um, important to have better down to ensure that the women's game, as well as the men's game, but at the moment, like th- there's there's just there's nothing. There's no certainty. Uh, there's no clarity. Uh, and this is a sticking point. Th- th- these negotiations have been going on for fourteen months. Um, the initial discussion started in in the December of 2021, so that's 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 a quite a long period of time. But they really kicked off 14 months ago, and there's just been stalemate ever since. Um, and look, I think it, you can't you can't just blame one side. I think both 
the RLPA and the NRL um, are to blame. And when it comes down to any sort of negotiation, there's always going to be give and take. Uh, there's always going to be non-negotiables. Um, and at the moment, there just seems to be ne- neither, neither side wants to be relent, relenting um, on, on certain aspects. I know one of the, the key sticking points for, for the NRL is they don't want to hand over control of funds uh, to the RLPA, um, t- total um, autonomy of funds for past players, uh, because at the end of the day they want they want to have some sort of co-ownership as opposed to having uh, the RLPA just have full autonomy. And and I, I can see rationale there. I think at the end of the day the the NRL. Um, via the ARL Commission, the Australian Rugby League Commission, has a charter for the whole of game. Uh, and the whole of game is to ensure that there is a game not only for 2023 but for the next 100 years. And a part of that is to ensure that they don't send the game broke. So I haven't got an issue with the NRL wanting to have sort of some co-ownership on terms of how the funds get allocated and where they get allocated and how much gets allocated um, as opposed to just giving holus bolus uh, funding to past players, um, injury management fund, etc., uh, and then all of a sudden that there's no more money. Uh, to me, that's financially irresponsible. Not to say that the RLPA would do that. I just don't see the big issue of of having um, co-management of that funding arrangement as opposed to just giving the RLPA um, uh, the complete autonomy in that. And it'd be the same thing. I can understand why the RLPA don't want the NRL to have full autonomy as well, especially when you've had trust that's now been sort of broken, not once, not twice, but you know, several times now where they've 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 kept um, figures from them, they've kept um, financials from them, uh, they've they've given them the wrong information, uh, and even you know uh, earlier this week we've seen um, the reports come out uh, about um, Andrew Abdo and an NRL staffer recording uh, the leadership um, meeting that they had last week with um, sixty players and RLPA staff, where a staffer had recorded what uh, was was spotted recording. Uh, the meeting, and that is further eroded trust between the players and the NRL. I mean, there was very, very little trust to begin with, but this has only set it back 10 steps, which is not good when you're trying to negotiate and get down a CBA. So fingers crossed they can get this done and dusted. Uh, I know the the notion of strike action has been... Um, floated by the players. The one thing that the players have got to also understand is is that if they go on strike um, and they don't turn up for round one or they stand down for round one, etc., or however long they are opting uh, to stand down, is, well, if you stand down, you don't get paid because without without the product, uh, the broadcasters don't have a product which means that they don't then pay the NRL, which means that the NRL doesn't pay you. So it's it's a trickle-down effect in that regard. So 
the players have got to understand that if they want to stand down, that's fine. You can stand down, but you won't be getting paid and the game will go broke and there's no winners. There's no winners, there's only losers and the biggest loser will be the fan, the supporter and the members of the club. So fingers crossed, guys, we can can see this uh, finally be resolved and get put to bed and then we can argue about that for the next... uh, in five years' time when it comes up again with the new uh, broadcast revenue deal that will uh, come online. So, yeah, it'll be a, a watch this space, but fingers crossed it can get done. So when you've got um, like-minded people, um, commercially savvy people like Andrew Abdo, um, you've got sounded-minded people like uh, Clint Newton and Christian Welsh in a playing cohort that's been experienced in these sort of things like your Wade Grahams um, it's it's only a matter of time but I think the biggest thing which has probably delayed it is that they've, there's just been a reluctance to, to actually get in a room sit down and get this nutted out this should have been done months ago but anyway we, we're in the position we are and uh, I know there's been talk of boycotts and delayed starts and covering up NRL logos for the pre-season tournament etc but yeah, to me that that they're just amber claims. Um, you know, you, deadlines are deadlines and and whatnot. I I think it'll be all resolved by round one. Um, you look at other CBAs in workplaces. Um, usually, it always goes to the eleventh hour, so it wouldn't surprise me if it's all done and dusted by round one. But uh, yeah, watch that. Watch this space. Okay, moving on. Uh, I'm sure Storm fans. Uh, may have come across Matt Tripp's in-depth interview in the News Corp press. Uh, throughout the interview, uh, Matt Tripp spoke about several sort of issues uh, which is surrounding uh, the, the Melbourne Storm in this preseason. Um, so the first thing was that he slapped down Wayne Bennett's comments about Cameron Munster not being a man. Um, for everyone that... Um, has uh, is privy to what happened uh, is that um, as we know uh, Cameron Munster was uh, heavily pursued by the Dolphins, uh, which again uh, was a l- in in many ways it seemed to be illegal because of the November one deadline. Now. Clubs can't sign play off-contract players uh, or current, currently contracted players until November 1, until they come off contract for that following year. Now, the Dolphins were soliciting and, and, and coercing Cameron Munster to, um, to try and link up with, with, uh, with Wayne Bennett um, as well as the, the storm trio of Jesse and Kenny Bromwich and Felice Capusi for their debut season this season. Um, which left um, which left Melbourne Storm with a, with a mammoth fight to retain the competition's most in demand playmaker for 2024 and beyond. But um, thankfully, uh, Matt Tripp and the Storm somehow pulled it off uh, with with Munster rejecting a monster 5.6 million dollar offer over four years uh, from the Dolphins to remain in Melbourne until the end of 2027, which is a, a great shot in the arm for the club. Um, Anyway, so that that uh, infuriated 
um, Wayne Bennett, the the inaugural Dolphins coach. So Munster decided his future moments before hopping on a plane uh, for the World Cup for England, uh, with the Dolphins learning of his decision when it was made public, virtually as the plane was on the tarmac. So that prompted a savage spray from uh, from Do- Dolphins coach Wayne Bennett, who accused Munster of not being man enough to call him. So um, that uh, that really sort of that really got the uh, the ire of uh, of Matt Tripp. Um, so Tripp defended Munster as um, as tensions rose, um, which will set uh, an explosive scene for Round 12 when the Dolphins and the Storm showdown at Suncorp Stadium for the very, very first time in 2023. So Tripp was quoted saying that uh, that was absurd, that he clearly doesn't know Cameron very well to question his character. Um, he went on to say that Cameron has a great character and is a great person. I personally feel really lucky he's decided to stay at Melbourne Storm. I get that Wayne was probably a little bit shocked, but at the same time, players come and go, if you want to cry and you'll drink over it, I'd be crying a lot, Tripp said. We lost a lot of players in the off-season, but you didn't hear boo out of me when it came to knocking them or carrying on about it. You've got to get on with it. So... um, yeah, that's very, very interesting. And uh, I think we've got uh, a little soundbite from Munster himself here. I felt like it was pretty pretty disappointing, so and uh, probably a little bit of animosity towards it. And, um, yeah, that's one of the reasons why I haven't decided to ring him. The Dolphins coach learnt of Munster's decision through the media, then slammed the 5-8, saying, It's a phone call none of us want to make, but you want to be a man, you have to behave like one. I uh, just didn't like the way they went about it. Um, and probably threw me, me, me name in the media about um, it was pretty disrespected um, and saying I wasn't a man, man enough to ring him. So I had every intention to, but after those comments, um, we felt like their best interest is to leave it alone. So we have it. So Munster responded, and um, again, he's he's just going to let let it lie now. There's no point getting on with it, but I'm sure it'll be brought up uh, in the lead up to uh, the, the the Dolphins Storm. Uh, clash in round 12 so uh, un- no doubt we'll we'll hear about more of that uh, when that uh, when that occurs so um, yeah so leading on to that uh, other subject uh, that Matt Tripp spoke about was um, was Craig's conundrum uh, Craig is in Craig Bellamy so as we know Craig Bellamy signed with the Melbourne Storm uh, to the end of 2026, um, so he's he's still at the club the long term. However, um, it is a very unusual structured uh, contract where he has to inform the club uh, by the end of March every season uh, if he wishes to continue to coach to coach on. So, um, so whilst Munster kept. The storm guessing all year in 2022. Matt Troop is hoping Bellamy won't do the same thing in 2023. So, whilst uh, Melbourne's coach for the past 20 years is nearing retirement, um, and he's hinted 2023 could be his last season in the Storm's top job. So, Bellamy is 63, uh, going on 64 uh, later on in 2023. 
is still considered to be at the top of his game but has a desire to spend more time with family, something that is difficult with the demands of head coaching, uh, especially with his work ethic. So, However, what could sway Bellamy to continue is the squad that the Storm has assembled and locked up long-term, particularly in key positions. So with Munster and, and halfback Jerome Hughes contracted until the end of 2027, current Kangaroos and Maroons hooker in Harry Grant contracted until 2026, and Ryan Pappenhausen is tied up until 2025. That's the spine that's locked up for the, for the next few years, which is um, extremely appealing, uh, one would say, especially with the emergence of, of a lot of young players that are coming through as well. So uh, Matt Tripp was, um, has said that uh, Bellamy was yet to make a decision, but the Storm seemingly open, uh, Storm's seemingly open premiership window was very appealing. Uh, Tripp went on to say, no, he hasn't. He has got until March. We chatted pre-Christmas and he was more no than yes, but that might change as we get towards round one. Craig has been really buoyed by this squad. It's a young squad compared to what he's used to, but I really think he's excited about the prospect of the next couple of years. Uh, the spine are locked down for that period, uh, and the key players are no longer uh, are on longer-term deals. Uh, it's a squad the club believes is capable of winning premierships. So... Matt Tripp is, I suppose, hedging his bets there, but if you ask me for my personal opinion, Craig Bellamy's a coach. He's a born coach, and I think he'll die a coach. Um, and it would be fitting because, to be honest, I, I know, I mean, you just, you've got to go back all the way to 2013. Like, the guy was going to retire back then. He was going to hang, hang up the clipboard, and he just continues to keep coming back. Why? Because he just loves it too much. Uh, and even Cameron Munster this week was um, was pretty. I don't want to say I don't want to use the word positive, but Munster's comments were: he's given me the indication of what he's doing, but it's not my place to say. It's his life and career. We'll wait for everyone to hear it from the horse's mouth with what he's doing. Pressed on whether he'd like Bellamy to coach on, Munster said, oh, for sure, he's got so much to give the game. He's got a knack for it and a passion for it. When you've got those two attributes and still want to be a great coach, I can't see why he wouldn't go further. The last couple of years, he said he's going to give it up and then he's re-signed. Whatever it is that keeps dragging him back in, he's got a passion for it. He loves his footy. He's mad for it. He can't just sit at home and watch TV. He has to be doing something. And I, I concur. I, I can't see him being even a, a head of football or a coaching director. It's not going to fulfil him in terms of that, that scratch that he gets with, with, or the itch, I should say, that he gets with coaching. Um, as I said, he's he's a natural natural born coach. He was meant to coach, um, and if the fire is still there and the passion is still there, which obviously it seems to be, 
Um, apparently, he's ridden the players extremely hard this this preseason. Um, and those comments from from Trip, as well as uh, backed up by Munster, then uh, if I was a betting man, I would say that Bellamy coaches on in twenty twenty four. So not only will he continue to coach in twenty three, he'll go on and coach in twenty twenty four. And again, I think it's one of those things where he's got a contract with the Melbourne Storm until the end of 2026. Who's to say he can't coach all the way until 2026? As well as as, as well as he, if he's healthy and he's fit uh, and he's of sound mind, um, keep going, Craig. Like Belzer, don't you know you're a long time retired, and if 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 the fire still burns. Just keep going because, as Munster said, you still got so much more to give. Um, new players that are coming through, um, you know, th- there's an opportunity there to to, in, to put your fingerprints all over them like you've done previously with all the players that have come through the pathways uh, that, that have come through the recruitment channels uh, and you've made them every bit of Storm player. So... In Bellamy, we trust, and um, fingers crossed, uh, he continues to to coach on for the Melbourne Storm's sake. But again, personally, I, I, I can't see him not coaching. So I think that's one that uh, uh, we'll, we'll keep an eye on there. But again, what are we now? Um, we're on the, uh, the 10th of February. Uh, I'd say come the end of March, we'll be saying that uh, how great it will be to see Craig Bellamy going around in 2024 as head coach again. Um, Tripp also spoke about uh, his his desire to re-sign Nelson Asafa Solomona. Um, now, he's got a very special uh, soft spot for Big Nelson, um, who had a very special bond with his daughter uh, and relationship. With, uh, with Matt Tripp's late daughter who lost her battle with leukaemia early last year. Um, so I, I think we can see where Matt Tripp is coming from. So um, the, the, the major article spoke about um, his love for Nelson. So he was quoted saying that, I love Nelson and it's no secret I desperately want him to stay at the club. Tripp said, I'll be doing all I can to keep him. We're talking, but there's no real movement at this stage. The impression is he's given me that he wants to stay, and I've got no reason to doubt that. It's just a matter of working out how long and what it looks like. So he seemed confident. Uh, Matt Tripp seemed confident that um, that Nelson will stay at the club, which is a good thing. Uh, more so this week when... Uh, It was reported in the nine newspapers that um, he's open to a switch to rugby union um, and all all options are on the table. So the sooner that that Matt Tripp can can sit down with Nelson and get a deal done, the better, because as uh, as I've spoken to already uh, earlier in the podcast, he is now the he is now the forward leader of this club and this team and this squad. Uh, not only is he the enforcer, he is the, he is the forward leader. Um, so we need to ensure that uh, we can ill afford to lose the uh, the small bl- flat of units, um, the big man mountain, um, 
we can't we can't lose him. He's uh, he's pivotal for the Melbourne Storm, especially with his experience now as well. Um, you know, he's he's got he's a multiple multiple Test player for New Zealand Kiwis. Uh, he's a two time Premiership winner with the Melbourne Storm. Um, he's played over a hundred games, so it's he's um, he's a player that we can ill afford to lose. Uh, so fingers crossed, we can. We can we can lock him down long term, um, and again, Nelson, don't go play rugby. Seriously, you'll be bored. Honestly, I mean, the, the rugby league's where it's at. I know, I know. He's made comments about it's becoming a quicker game with all the the rule changes and the big man's being phased out. But Nelson, you're the, you're the biggest, most agile human I've ever seen for someone who's. You know, two hundred centimeters and one hundred and thirty-five kilos to move the way you do, man. That's that's not normal. So, mate, just do do what's necessary to to stay in the purple jersey. Um, we don't want to lose you. Storm fans love you, um, and we want we want we want to see you finish your career in the purple jersey as a one man, one club man. Um, like so many greats of the club that have um, that have gone before you, so Carl Nels, do the right thing, big man. Stay, stay with us. All right, um, moving on. We've there's also uh, we talked about Cameron Munster feeling disrespected by Bennett's comments, but there was also an article that surfaced this week which um, made a little bit of sort of noise a few weeks back, but. It was about um, Cameron Munster revealing that he's been battling osteus pubis, which is uh, a, an, a, 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 an inflammation of the groin. Um, anyone who's ever suffered from uh, osteus pubis knows how annoying it can be. Usually it actually does uh, result in having to have surgery, um, but at this stage it seems to be being managed by the Storm medical team. Um, so Munster suffered it in, in late 2022 and played the year out with it, um, including during the Storm's finals campaign, and actually took the injury to the World Cup when he was playing for the Kangaroos. Um, so as I said, he's been, he's been one of the lucky ones at the moment where he's been able to avoid surgery and manage the injury, but he even spoke to the fact that he's been struggling with some strength and he's lost a bit of zip uh, because of it. But um, they're doing everything they can to try and strengthen the muscles around the groin. Um, and there is a there is a high uh, tendency and incidency rate to say that um, the injury itself, because it is a, an inflammation injury, that it can actually heal itself. But it, it is it's one of those. It's one of those injuries that takes time, and you can't put a time limit on it. Uh, it just comes down to when the, the sort of injury sort of calms itself down. So, fingers crossed, the Melbourne Storm medical team can get it under control, um, and he can be back to his his best. I mean, as we've already made mention to, um, he had his best ever season in twenty twenty two, thanks to some lifestyle changes off the field. And if if he was dominating and playing the way he was with with osteus pubis, imagine once he rids 
that injury and gets back on the field, you know, fully fit, that's that's going to be a scary proposition uh, for opposition teams and an exciting one for the Melbourne Storm. Uh, the other big news, I suppose, is uh, Pappenhausen. So as we know, Ryan Pappenhausen suffered that horrific uh, knee injury last year. And his rehab and recovery journey has been, shall we say, slow. Um, but um, to the point where he hadn't been able to run before Christmas. And the club and Ryan made the decision to to go and see renowned reconditioning specialist Bill Knowles. Uh, Bill Knowles is the trainer to the stars. Uh, so he's worked with athletes across all different sports, not only in in America, but globally, uh, including last year, uh, Latrell Mitchell. Um, and we know how he came back and performed for the South Sydney Rabbitohs. So, and, and obviously his World Cup form was fantastic as well. So um, we'll be hoping that, that um, the knowledge that's been passed on by Bill Knowles to, to Liam Ayoub, who's the Melbourne Storm physio, um, as well as Pappenhausen himself, um, will uh, prove to be um, pivotal to him returning and getting closer to a, to a return to, to return to play. So, so Pappenhausen uh, was over in Philadelphia um, on a visit, um, a two-week visit. So during that time, there was twenty sessions, uh, so two training sessions a day over a ten-day period. Um, to try and fast-track Pappy's recovery and inevitable return. Um, so we just got a little bit uh, of a soundbite from Paps himself here. It's probably just that whole trip in general, just how refreshed I was. And um, I think just a different mindset around thinking about an injury or, um, yeah, I guess going through rehab. I think that's probably something that I can take back to the group and um, I know Liam Physio learned a lot over there and I know we've got some guys in rehab at the moment that have been doing it for a while and, and probably don't feel like they're where they should be but um, yeah I guess I can sort of share my experience of, of how Bill taught and um, what sort of lessons he learnt me so I think that's probably a big one that I can share with the group and um, yeah touch wood hopefully no one gets a bad injury this year but um, yeah, I feel like if I can offer my help in that way then um, I've got the resources to do that now So yeah so that was Pappy talking about his return um, and he's got uh, he's got the tools that Bill Bill Knowles has given him um, and fingers crossed we can we can start to see Pappy sooner in 2023 than later um, Justin Rodsky was also uh, CEO Justin Rodsky was also on radio this week on SEN talking about Pappenhausen and here's what he had to say Yeah look it was a great trip for him in terms of you know first and foremost probably just his, his mental mindset you know from a um, you know when you go through a period of being injured and not being able to participate mm. with the rest of your teammates, that can be really challenging. So I think from that perspective, it was really beneficial. And then it gave him a lot of confidence in his body and the exercises that he was doing. And then in a time frame to get back. And I think he, he mentioned in, in that interview, you know, he talked about not just getting back, but coming back ready to perform. And, um, you know, I can see uh, a lot of 
progression in him over the last two weeks since he's been back on top of the two weeks he had over there, um, which I should say a big thanks to Grilled, one of our, our major partners, for helping us to send him over there. Um, you know, there is no time frame just yet on when he'll return. Uh, it won't be uh, during the pre-season trial games, but uh, we're hopeful it'll be early in the season. But again, you know, we want to make sure he's ready to perform when he does come back. So we'll give him as long as he needs. So yeah, that was Justin Rodsky there talking to his uh, his imminent return. So it does sound positive, more positive than it was. Uh, pre-Christmas and, and post-Christmas. So, yeah, fingers crossed that um, we'll, we'll, we'll have the uh, little pappy back back in the number one and, and, and building that combination with the spine players. So, fingers crossed. Uh, as we know, the, the pre-season tournament, uh, the NRL pre-season tournament starts this week and um, that takes place in uh, G. HMBA Stadium in Geelong. Um, so the first trial game, or pre-season tournament game, I should say, is the Melbourne Storm versus the Sydney Roosters that we played at uh, 10 to 2, 1.50 p.m. this Sunday, uh, the 12th of February. So the team list has dropped. Um, not not a bad not a bad showing, uh, considering. So Sua uh, Fayalongo. Uh, will be at fullback. Uh, will Warbrick and Dean Oremea will be on the wings. Remus Smith returns from his pectoral tear. Not one, but two pectoral tears in 2022 that ruined his season. So he will line up in the number three uh, on the right edge. Uh, Justin Ollum has been named, um, which I, I thought was interesting, um, considering he was coming off the World Cup with the with the Kimmels. Um, but uh, great to see Juzzy there. Um, uh, Tyron Wishart has been named at five eight. Now I spoke to to Tyron having that sort of that versatility and that utility value where he can play multiple positions and being a natural ball runner. Uh, I think he'll he'll do a job at five eight. So it'll be very interesting to see how he goes. Uh, Jonah Pezzett has been named at halfback, so the the incumbent New South Wales under nineteens, under twenties halfback uh, for for the Blues, uh, who was a man in the match during that that uh, that under twenties Origin last year. So um, it'd be interesting to see how he goes. Um, from forwards, we've got Aaron Penne and Christian Welsh uh, will be the starting props. Welsh's first game. Uh, since round one uh, last season. So great to see Welshy back. Bronson Garlic has been named at hooker. So he gets an opportunity. Uh, Bronson Garlic has been on a development contract. Um, and um, as far as I'm aware, I think he is on a train and trial deal. Um, very similar to, um, to Chris Lewis. Uh, so he gets a, he gets an opportunity to to press um, for potential selection uh, and potentially score a, a another development contract because um, at the moment there's only three players that are on development contracts uh, for 2023 and one of them is Cole Geyer, who is also a hooker 
uh, Suofar Longo, who's the, the fullback that will be running out on the weekend, and Tristan Powell. Um, so they're the only development players we have. And, and Bronson Garlic, he's, uh, he's not listed as a part of the 29 contracted players at this stage. So this is an opportunity for Bronson to, to put his best foot forward and, and potentially get a, a top 30 spot or, worst-case scenario, a development contract or a second-tier contract with, uh, with one of the feeder clubs. So uh, we wish him uh, all the very best this weekend and hopefully he goes out there and brains it. Um, the edge back row, Joe Chan, one of the new signings, uh, will be in the, in the number 11. And Chris Lewis, uh, who again, he hasn't got a contract, a top 30 contract or a development contract um, for 2023. He also is on a train and trial deal. So he'll be he'll be out to, to impress, I'm sure. Josh King uh, will uh, play in the 13. So he'll play his customary sort of third third string prop role. Uh, he's not a ball-playing uh, 13 um, like many 13s are in the modern game. So he'll be just be doing a clean-up job uh, and providing some really, really good impetus uh, on the back of Penne and Welsh that will start and lay the platform for the storm. Uh, the interchange bench. So we've got um, Amarin Gudden. Uh, so he is uh, through the Indigenous Pathways uh, system that the storm has set up, uh, thanks to uh, sponsors Coles. Uh, so he's in he's in the fourteen jersey. So he's I'm pretty sure that he is a fullback slash five eight. So potentially. S- Expect to see him come on and either play a little bit of fullback or a little bit in, in the halves. Um, so we'll watch him with great anticipation to see how he goes. Young Tonomapia um, needs no introduction. One of uh, uh, a naturalised Melbourneian, um, one of our uh, most successful juniors that's come through the club, uh, returned to the club last year after a stint with the Melbourne Rebels. So... He also is on a train and trial deal, so he'll be pushing for for a potential top 30 contract uh, or a development contract at worst. So we'll see how young Tonomapia goes. Uh, Jordan Grant, uh, middle forward that made his debut in 2021. Uh, he's a, a, a prop that's been playing for the Brisbane East Tigers, playing his trade. Uh, he gets an opportunity to really impress. He had a bit of a disrupted uh, season last year with injury himself, so... Fingers crossed for him. He can get through injury-free and, and really start to to uh, to showcase what he's about. Uh, Elisa Katoa is also named um, in the starting 17. So he'll come off the interchange bench and expect him to play uh, a lot of back row as well. Uh, the other reserves include Jaden Nikarima, Keegan Russell-Smith, Cole Geyer, uh, who I made mention to before, Cole Geyer's under development contract. Yes, son of Matt Geyer, uh, godson of Cameron Smith. Uh, so he's had some really, really good mentors around him. Uh, Grant Anderson, uh, who made his debut last year against the Roosters at the SCG, where he scored a double on uh, on debut. And who could forget those uh, those scenes post game with his uh, with his special granddad. Um, uh, from Newcastle, so who's a very, very big Melbourne Storm fan now, thanks to uh, 
Grant making uh, breaking through into the storm side. Um, we've also got Angus Hitchy, um, Hinchy, I should say, in jersey number twenty-two, and Lazarus Valaepu. Uh, I'm a big fan of this kid. I, I started to watch him last year with the Sunshine Coast Falcons. He is a big, big boy, um, and I'll be. I'll be wrapped for him if he manages to squeeze a top 30 contract. I think Melbourne Storm need some really good size, uh, especially after losing uh, Jesse Bromwich and Brandon Smith as middle forwards. I think we really start to we really need to start to get some size to help Nelson and, and Welshy out. And Lazarus Valaipu is every bit a man mountain. He is a giant. Um, and my first impressions uh, watching him play for the Sunshine Coast Falcons last year, I thought, I tell you what, he would excel by having a Melbourne Storm preseason. And no and behold, he was invited to attend um, preseason uh, at, at the Storm and was invited back over Christmas, attended the Geelong camp. So I dare say that um, his his overall conditioning uh, compared. Uh, well, now compared to last season playing for the Falcons, um, I'll be very interested to see how he performs in the trial. So look out for Lazarus Valle-Epu. Uh He'll be in jersey number 23. You can't miss him. He's a big boy, and hope, hopefully he kills it. Uh, Kane Bradley, number 24. Now, Kane Bradley was a Wests player that um, that that was traded to the Cowboys last year. Uh, he's an outside back, primarily played on the wing. Um, now, he's come down on a train and trial. Uh, I believe he's, he's signed um, with one of the Storm feeder clubs. So it'll be very interesting to see how he performs as well and how much game time that he gets. Charlie Murray is another one that's come down from the feeder, the feeder clubs. Uh, Joshua Patson, uh, Scott Galliano, and Max Lehman uh, has also come down from the feeder clubs. Max Lehman's an interesting one. So he's a young Indigenous centre that was playing uh, at the Parramatta Eels and um, had some injury troubles and signed uh, with the Brisbane East Tigers. And Melbourne Storm have obviously seen something in him and and provided him with a, a train and trial deal, brought him down, uh, he's done the preseason, and now he gets his opportunity to impress in the trials as well. So, hopefully, he gets some really, really good game time. I can't see Remus Smith and Justin Ollum playing uh, a full eighty. Uh, it'll they'll play some minutes just to get the rust out and blow the cobwebs out, which is what, primarily what these trials are for. Um, and you can do all the running and you can do all the conditioning you want in the world, uh, but there's nothing like building your match fitness and your base by playing. Um, a trial game just to get the the miles in the legs and get the lungs burning and get ready for round one, get that body hardened through contact, etc. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see um, how these train and trial guys go. Um, there seems to be a lot of talent there, and it'll be really, really good to see um, them push and push their forwards, uh, push their claims uh, for a potential contract or a development contract at worst. But um, 
yeah, uh, we'll see how we go on that. So, yeah, just, just a reminder, that's uh, this Sunday, the 12th of February, uh, at uh, one fifty p.m. The game will actually be broadcast on KO Sports. So for all of you that have uh, uh, KO, uh, the KO app, um, or the KO streaming platform, uh, it'll be available on that live, as well as Fox League. So everyone who has Foxtel, Channel 502, um, KO and Fox, um, are virtually, it's, it, it'll be the same coverage. Um, so that's where you can watch it. And, um, yeah, let's, uh, let's see how we go. I don't really read too much into trials. I think it's more about seeing where the players are at, um, seeing some guys, young guys get some opportunities and, and, and someone to really sort of assert themselves and jump out of the ground. Uh, one player I'm really, really looking forward to uh, to watching is Sua Falongo. Uh, Sua Falongo, uh, as a fullback, uh, is an excitement machine. Um, still only 20 uh, or 19 going on 20, I'm led to believe. Um, he was playing, started in Jersey Flag last year for the Victorian Thunderbolts um, and ended up finishing the year playing for the Sunshine Coast Falcons, uh, floating between the wing and fullback. So that goes to show you uh, how good this kid is where he's playing against men um, because he was just too good for, for Flegg. So, um, yeah, ex- I'm, I'm very excited to see him. I'd actually go out on a limb to say that he'd be a bolter for round one um, to play fullback. But unfortunately, because he is one of those players on a development contract, uh, development players can't actually uh, play until round 11 uh, as per the NRL policy and agreement that's, in, that's currently in place. So... Uh, regardless of however uh, well he plays uh, across the next fortnight of, of, of trial games um, in the preseason tournament, where the earliest we're going to see Sue Longo play in a Melbourne Storm jersey will be round eleven and post that. So, um, but this kid, this kid looks very, very good, very special. Um, without having to put too much pressure on him. So, and the the other great thing is that uh, again, like young Tonomapia and Mahe Fonua and Richie Kenner before him, he is a local Victorian product, Melbourne-born, Melbourne-bred. Has come through the Melbourne NRL Vic Junior system. So it's great to see another Melbourne Storm Junior uh, starting to filter into the first grade squad. So. Yeah, uh, exciting times for, for young Sua Fialongo and for the Melbourne Storm. Well, guys, that's uh, that's episode one, done and dusted. Um, hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, there was a lot to get through. Uh, again, it was a, a pre-season wrap. And, um, yeah, uh, I'll, uh, I'll podcast next week um, for episode two where we can, we can review the game. Um, See what went right. See what went wrong. Uh, who stood out? Who didn't? Who was uh, who was great? Who potentially left a little bit out on the field that um, they potentially should have? Uh, and it would be also the first time to see how um, Brandon Smith comes up against um, his former team. So 
I'm sure that um, the boys will be giving him a little bit of uh, special treatment in the tackles. Um, we don't forget, Cheese, we don't forget what you said, that uh, whilst you were contracted to us, you wanted to win. You couldn't wait to see yourself winning a premiership in that jersey. Yes, yes. As I said, we don't forget. We have long memories, us Storm fans. So uh, go well, but not too well, uh, especially against uh, the mighty Melbourne Storm. So, But, yeah, uh, again, really thank you for uh, for tuning in. Um, again, it's it, it's my first time podcasting solo. Um, hopefully you've enjoyed it. Hopefully it's been informative, um, open to feedback, um, both positive and negative, uh, please. Um, and, uh, yeah, do, do me a favour. Please subscribe. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell other Storm fans and members about it. Uh, and let's let's uh, let's grow this podcast and, and we'll go from there. And um, it can only be as successful as you want it to be. So the more listening, the better. Um, and, again, I'm here to to provide as much resource, information um, as possible in and around our great football club. So, um, yeah, thank you very much for joining me and um, uh, I'll uh, catch you next week.